And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I'm at him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys! 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 Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Marie Wilson stars as zany New Yorker Irma Peterson on a comedy episode of My Friend Irma from 1948. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. Lisa will play clips from popular songs and provide a statement about each song. My job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while a pizza is on the line. That is for sure. So Dolly Parton just released her 49th solo album called Rockstar. 49th album? 49th. Okay, it's a 30-song collection. It includes 21 iconic rock anthems that pairs Mm. Dolly with some of rock and roll's most legendary names. Okay. So some of these songs are with the original artists, and some of them are with different artists. Okay. And that will be the subject of the game. Yeah. So um, I'll show you how it's going to go. And you have six picked out, but the first four count towards a pizza. That if is If I get right. all four of them right, you buy me a pizza. If I get all four of them wrong, I buy you a pizza. And uh, otherwise, it's, nothing. It's otherwise, just it's a nothing. off. Okay. So let me explain how this is going to work. Here's the first song. It's Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. But don't, no, I'm not going to play it yet. Yeah. Okay. Here's your statement about that song. Okay. Dolly Parton sings this song on her album with Steven Tyler. That's either real or ridiculous. Well, I mean. And then I will play the song. I mean, and we Elton can John was the original guy who sang that. So I'll say ridiculous. Okay. Let's listen. Some of them she does with the original, some she doesn't. In this particular case, she does with the original. She sings with Elton John, so you are correct. I'm correct? Yes, you said ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah I said ridiculous. because she does sing this with Elton John. Listen. And that's Dolly Parton and Elton okay. John singing together. Okay. Cool. Cool, that's right. All right, the next song is Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sings this song on her album with Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Mm. Okay. Well, that's who sang the original song, so I'm not going to say real. I'm going to say ridiculous. It's somebody else. Okay. Let's play it. Sings it with Lizzo. Ah! So you are correct. Yeah. Wow. Listen how cool these songs sound. Dolly. Oh, it makes me 
first rock album. I got two right, Mike. I'm halfway <laughs> to a pizza. Yes, you are. And it's whispered that soon, if we all call right. the right. tune, uh, The next song is Baby, I Love Your Way. Mm-hmm. And she sings that song with Peter Frampton, Real or Ridiculous. Real. Let's listen. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, I'm three quarters of the way. Not this Don't second. jinx it. Yeah, exactly. I love Ooh, this album. baby, night and day. Would you like this album? Would you appreciate it now? Nah, not really. I like it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I love Dolly Parton, but I don't know. It's, it's not my kind of. For her. I, not my cup All of right. tea. All right. Well, here's number four. Okay. This is Magic Man. Uh-huh. Okay? Right. She sings this song with Melissa Etheridge. Real or ridiculous? Who sang it originally? I'm not giving you any information. Magic Man? She's a magic. Yeah. Try, try, try to understand. understand. She's, She's a magic, magic man. man. Was that a list, uh, Miss Melissa I'm Ather? not giving you any information. All right. Real. All right. Let's listen. Sings with Ann Wilson of Heart. <laughs> there she is. That's Ann Wilson. Ah, you got me. She got me because she wouldn't tell me who really sang I'm it. I not gonna tell you. You just. Why would I give you that information? So you buy me a pizza. I did. What's I bought you it last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got All that right. one wrong. I've got a couple more for you just for fun. So close, Mike. So close. Uh-huh. All right, this is Open Arms. Does she sing it with Cheryl, Cheryl Crow? Real or ridiculous? Real. Let's listen. This empty house Steve Perry. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Man, Steve Perry's listen got such a great voice. One more to go. All right. Just for fun. Yeah. Every breath you take. Yeah. She sings it with Sting. Yes. That's real. Every single day. That is Dolly and Sting. Every word you say. Every game you play. Every night you stay. I'll be watching you. And that's a little piece of Dolly. Her manager called me and was like, would you like to sing a duet with Dolly? And I was like, well, you have to you have to call my agent, you know? I'm surprised Dolly didn't call you herself. I mean, I know you guys are so close. Right. We're bu- best buds. So, so we're, we're, we're in negotiations, you oh, know? Oh, good. Well, the, the album just came out. She realizes my talent. She realizes right. my But my did vocal. you turn her down? No, I didn't turn her down. Okay. She realizes my vocal ability. Oh, we all do. <laughs> All right, thanks, Lisa. Oh, good try, Carl. All right. My friend Irma with Marie Wilson coming your way. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right. This is Hollywood 360 having a fun show here. We we come in this studio in uh, the Chicago suburbs. We we come in here. Uh, we carpool together. Mike Estella is here setting up. He's our uh, bubble bath himself. Mike Estella, the greatest producer in the history of radio. Um, and then Lisa and I carpool. We get here and we're um, we're here all the way till what is it one, one. in the, one in the morning? Yeah, doing the show live. For uh, nearly 200 radio stations coast to coast. Now, not all those radio stations carry our show, but we do appreciate um, the ones that do carry any of any of it, even even one hour. And then we also uh, that same show airs on American Forces Radio in 168 countries. So we just love doing this and playing these classic radio shows and um, and having fun and playing games and all that good stuff with you. We have a My Friend Irma broadcast for you. Now, this series, Lisa, was a comedy series set in Manhattan. Came to radio in 1947, lasted all the way till 1954. Pretty good run. There were also movies and a TV series of My Friend Irma, and Marie Wilson played Irma Peterson. And Marie Wilson was a very busy actress. And uh, they cast her as Irma Peterson. She was a dim-witted blonde stenographer. And Kathy Lewis, who was on a zillion radio shows, was her roommate, Jane Stacy. And Irma's boyfriend was played by John Brown. His name was Al. He was a deadbeat. And Jane's boyfriend was millionaire banker Richard Rhinelander, played by Leif Erickson. It, the uh, series was created by Cy Howard, who also gave us Life with Luigi. This is an October 11, 1948 broadcast. Irma and her friends attend a charity masquerade ball. Here's part one of My Friend Irma. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. Lever Brothers Company presents the Pepsodent Show, My Friend Irma, created by Cy Howard and starring Marie Wilson as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgotten.
application for life insurance. Under name, I wrote Jane Stacy. Under description, I wrote brunette, five feet three, brown eyes. Under sex, I wrote female. My roommate, Irma Peterson, filled out the same application. Under name, she wrote Irma Peterson. Description, blonde, five foot three, blue eyes. And under sex, she wrote, none of your business. <laughs> Not at all. This is comparatively mild for the adorable little blonde I share quarters with. For example, I happened to remark the other night that there's a new car coming out with the motor in the rear. And Irma said... In the rear? Oh, that's going to be so confusing. What do you mean? Well, supposing something goes wrong with the car, you left up the hood and there's nothing there. <laughs> Funny, they have four cold tablets and three-way stomach pills, but they haven't found a one-way aspirin that will counteract Irma's remarks. <laughs> so, generally, I ignore them and pick up the newspapers and just read. Jane! What, sweetie? What's new in the paper? Oh, nothing much. Oh, oh, look, isn't that Mrs. Rhinelander's picture on the society page? Where? Right there. Oh, yes, so it is. Let's see. The annual masquerade ball to raise funds for the orphaned children will be held tomorrow night at the Long Island estate of Mrs. Richard Rhinelander II. This marks the first time that Mrs. Rhinelander will supervise the affair. Jane. What is it, sweetie? Did you know about this wonderful affair? Why, uh, yes. And of course you're going. Yes, Richard's invited me. Why? Oh, nothing. I'll find something to do. What's that? Nothing, nothing at all. I'll just sit home with a deck of cards and play some solitude. That's solitaire. <laughs> Look, honey, I I'm not going to have you stand there pouting. You must realize the tickets cost $100 apiece. $100? Oh, it's nothing. Why, well, I could even get my Al to take me if I had $200. <laughs> Come in. It's only me, Professor Kravatsky. <laughs> Hello, Janie and Irma, my two little sailboats. One trim, the other lost in a fog. <laughs> Why, Professor? Oh, excuse me, girls. A little joke I picked up on the pier. <laughs> what do you think? There's a burglar upstairs in my closet. Well, for goodness sakes, why don't you call the police? No, I was thinking of calling a psychiatrist. Anyone who could come into that room of mine and expect to find anything must be out of his mind. <laughs> oh, Professor, you're always exaggerating. Your room is not bad. Oh, it isn't. Uh, well, Halloween will soon be here. And you know how most people put a pumpkin in the window and turn out the lights to scare the children? Yes. I don't have to turn out the lights. I just turn them on. <laughs> no, but what's the use? Irma. Um, I just noticed. Why are you standing there looking so sad? Oh, Richard's mother's giving a wonderful charity ball, and Jane won't take me. Now, for goodness sakes, Irma, stop making a heavy out of me. I have nothing to say about the invitations. But you have influence with Richard. When a girl goes with a fellow, she can get him to do anything she wants him to. Oh, is that so? Yes, I have Al eating out of my hand. That's only because it's for nothing. <laughs> oh, please, girls, don't argue. Irma, resign yourself. We are not invited, so we are not invited. Although, personally, I would love to help make that affair a success because it's for charity. Little orphans, bless them. The little puppies of humanity. <laughs> Hello. 
yes, Al. Just a minute. I'll get her. Irma, it's for you. Hello, Al. Where are you? Down at the unemployment office. <laughs> what, Al? You need a lawyer? Well, why? Oh, they want you to take a job? <laughs> what? Well, I don't see how they can make you go to work, honey. This is a free country. <laughs> oh, they say you've been getting it free long enough. <laughs> well, come over here, honey, and we'll talk about it. Goodbye. Oh, that owl. You've got to hand it to him. You've got to hand it to him because he won't work for it. <laughs> right, Janie? Janie. Janie. Oh, I'm oh. sorry, Professor. I was lost in my thoughts about what costume I should wear to the ball. Come in. Hello, girls. Oh, hello, Mrs. O'Reilly. Well, look at your hair. Yes, I'm wearing the new short bob. How does it look? For a minute, I thought your head got caught in the electric fan. <laughs> oh, hush up with you. Janie, darling, do you like it? Oh, I love it. It looks so neat and so clean. Yes, I always felt my face was covered up too much. That is a matter of opinion. <laughs> no one asked you. Irma, darling, how do you like my hair? Irma, is something wrong? Oh, Jane's going to Mrs. Rhinelander's charity ball. And I'll be all alone. Irma, we've been all through that. Oh, Janie, how I envy you. Mrs. Rhinelander's such a lovely woman, and I know it must be a worthy cause. Oh, it is. And the ball is being held in the Rhinelander estate in Long Island. Gee, I, I just start shaking when I think of walking into that mansion. Imagine, 68 rooms and 40 baths. 40 baths? Well, now I know why they call them the filthy rich. <laughs> Janie, darling, you're so lucky. I remember my first masquerade ball. I was a girl in Ireland, and at midnight I met a handsome young man. He took off my slipper and started pouring champagne into it. It held two quarts. <laughs> the bottle, that is. And he insisted on drinking a toast to me beauty. Pretty soon we were both a little, uh, shall I say... <laughs> if you feel it, say it. Yes, and just as he was telling me how beautiful I was, some wise Alec came along and gave him a broma seltzer. It sobered him up, and I never saw him again. My, how the years fly. Yes, and it's too bad. While they were flying, they had to drag you along the ground. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. Well, what's the convention? Oh, gosh, we're all talking about Mrs. Rhinelander's charity masquerade tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, saw the old gal's picture in the newspaper. Great Dane, that Mrs. Rhinelander. Well, we could go to the ball if we had $100. Chicken, nothing would give me greater pleasure than to help them kids. May be able to do so if my new deal comes through. <laughs> Another deal, Al. What is it this time? Stretching the ears of cats and selling them for rabbits? <laughs> now, this one is money in the bank. 
It's a coat lining designed like a deck of cards. So if you're caught with an ace up your sleeve, you can always say you're lining ripped. <laughs> oh, brother. Come in. Hello, Jane. I, uh... Oh, company. Yes, Richard. You know everybody. Yes, indeed. Rich, we all want to tell you how proud we are of the work your mother is doing. Uh, for the orphan. Well, thank you. You see, mother just loves children. Oh, so do I. When Al and I get married, we're going to have lots of children. You know, they say children are man's wealth, and I'm going to make Al a millionaire. <laughs> That's enough, Irma. Richard, is everything set for tomorrow? Yes, yes, but mother's a little worried. Why? Well, aside from the fact that the money is desperately needed, Mother wants terribly much to put this affair over. You see, last year, Mrs. Van Clive was in charge of the ball, and she raised $50,000. Uh-huh. Well, naturally, Mother would like to get more because it all goes to charity, and besides, she can't tolerate Mrs. Van Clive. Oh. You see, she's been bragging all over town that Mother can never hope to equal her record, and Mother's determined to do it. Wish one of my deals had come through. Could pitch in. Al, by the time your deals come through, those orphans will be old enough to take care of themselves and their grandchildren. <laughs> well, Richard, I'm sure your mother's party will make more money than Mrs. Van Clive's. I hope so. See you all at the masquerade tomorrow. Oh? Well, certainly. You're all coming, aren't you? Uh, like to be there, Richard, but you know it's um, uh, the fiscal year. I don't want to fisk out on the boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first portion of My Friend Irma, October 11th, 1948. Marie Wilson starring as Irma Peterson. And on this particular episode, Joan Banks is playing her uh, roommate, Jane Stacy. And um, that was because Kathy Lewis took ill for a couple of months. Um, so they brought in Joan Banks, a very um, versatile actress, to play uh, that role. Um, here's a little fun fact about Marie Wilson. She was a little cutie patootie boy. She was in a lot of movies and TV and uh, very busy, but she had a fear of radio microphones. She was. Is that a thing? Yeah, she was afraid no. of radio microphones, I guess because it was live and she just was. You know, paranoid you don't literally of it. mean the microphone. You mean of being on yeah, the radio. Yeah, of being live. on the radio. Okay. Of being of being on I radio. See. And so, it took a lot of convincing by Cy Howard, the producer, to get her to star in this series, which she did from 1947 to 1954. I understand the sentiment. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was uh, really, really, really afraid of that live microphone. Mm. All right, more of Hollywood 360 after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. You know, Lisa, I think I have to order more mugs pretty soon. I'm I'm running out of mugs. Well, that's a good thing. Of our Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities mugs. So we have an official coffee mug that has our logo for Hollywood 360 on one side and the Radio Rarities logo on the other side. It has our our pictures. Uh, yours looks nice and airbrushed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a wonder Yours what makeup great. will do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's just a raw picture. Yours is all airbrushed. And um, no, you, looks uh, pretty, you look well, pretty good in that picture. I don't there, know. Lisa. Do you have makeup on? No. You're not a makeup no, I don't, kind of I don't, guy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I will not put makeup on my face. Sorry. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we're um, we're running low on the coffee mugs because so many people are signing up for the Lifetime podcast. And... When you do, you pay one time, just a one-time $100 fee. You get the uh, full Radio Rarities and Hollywood 360 podcast sent to you every Monday. Our latest show, like we're doing the show live here tonight on Saturday night, and by Monday you get that podcast. I don't know how Mike Bubble Bath Costello does it. I really don't, but he does it. And it gets sent to everyone on Monday, pretty much like by the afternoon. Um, So that is a one-time fee, $100. You get that every week for the life of the show. For as long as we're on the air, many, many years from now, you will get that sent to you at no additional cost. And we will ship you our coffee mug so you can uh, you can drink coffee out of the tops of our heads. <laughs> you know, one of the listeners was mentioning how it's nice to have the podcast and you can hear a little Carl and Lisa any old time that yeah. feels right, whether you're doing dishes or you're in your car yeah. or you're just hanging out, taking a little nap, whatever you're doing, it's yeah. nice to have the flexibility um, to have us along for the ride. Yeah. Well, uh, my mellifluous voice will put you right to sleep. <laughs> that's... You want to take a nap? You know, just <laughs> listen to her show. I'll keep that in mind. I'm thinking <laughs> that's the last thing I want to hear when I'm taking a nap. But... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. No, we, uh, you know, so it's uh, it's fun. You know, I get it on Monday. You know, I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. lifetime member of the podcast. I am as well. And I get it on <laughs> Monday and I work out, you know, I'm at the health club and I'm on the, on the um, treadmill and I listen to the show. And you do a darn good job. Well, thanks. Darn, I, darn good job, Lisa. I do Wolf. my bestest, Carl. And bubble bath in there. So if you want to sign up, get our coffee mug, just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, the very top of the site. All the information, really easy. Just uh, fill it out and you'll be set. Or you can call us tonight. We'll be here for a couple more hours. We're happy to take your um, your lifetime membership down and get it all set up for you. Just call us at 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. If we don't answer, it means we're on the phone with somebody, and we'll call you back. Leave your number, 815-900-7535. Another uh, tidbit, little fun fact about Marie Wilson. She has three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I think that's three more than wow. you do, right, Lisa? Um, unfortunately. One for radio, one for TV, and one for movies. Wow, so, that I mean, is she's admirable. Big actress, big time mm-hmm. actress, Marie Wilson. She's starring in this episode of My Friend Irma, October 11th, 1948. Here's the conclusion. 
I would like to be there too, Richard. And believe me, it's not demonia. But uh, uh, tomorrow is my birthday, and I'll be a hundred dollars old. I mean, um, uh... I would come too, Mr. Rhinelander. But well, you see, I well, hold it, everybody. Jane, didn't you didn't you give them their tickets? Tickets, Richard? You didn't give me any tickets. Oh, what's the matter with me? I've been carrying this envelope for days. Here's a ticket for each of you. Let me see, Richard. Admission one hundred dollars. With stamp paid. That's right. Think you can make it now, Al? Well, it is the fiscal year, but by an odd coincidence, it's also leap year. So I think I'm in a position to leap the fiscal and come to the masquerade. And how about you, Professor? Why don't you escort Mrs. O'Reilly? Well, I might do it, since it's for charity. <laughs> she's going to be disguised anyway. And here's your ticket, Irma. Oh, let Al hold it. He always likes to treat me. <laughs> oh, Richard, this is so sweet of you. Forget it. Well, think I'll be getting back to Mother. I want to see how close she is to that $50,000 gold. Well, wait a minute, Richard. I'll walk with you. I've got to see about getting a costume. And you kids better get busy, too. Oh, we'll think of something. So long, everybody. See you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. How do you like that guy? Shelling out $400 so we can have a good time at his mother's party. Oh, I hope for her sake it's a big success. Yes, Richard's worried about whether his mother can raise $50,000. Must be a way we can make certain she does. <laughs> what do you mean, must be a way? <laughs> well, there are many ways of raising money. Now, for instance, years ago, there was a little boy used to wake up his aunt by bringing a mouse in her room. His aunt would scream and give him a quarter to take it away. He did this every day. And years later, this was to become known in financial circles as getting the ante up. <laughs> Look, Al, let us not meddle in this thing. Yes, let's not ruin the affair. Okay. And speaking of ruins, I think I'll go back to that wreckage I call my room. <laughs> I'll go along with you, Professor. I better get started on my costume right away. All right, Mrs. O'Reilly. And remember, when you're finished, if I recognize you, I don't take you. <laughs> Gee, Al, we don't have much time to get a costume. What shall we wear? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking I might go as Robert E. Lee. Nothing doing, Al. I don't want to spend the whole evening dancing with a steamboat. <laughs> Well, I have my costume on and I think it's rather effective I am going as Marie Antoinette Irma couldn't understand why I spent so much time fixing my hair since I was going to have my head cut off anyway. <laughs> and what I went through before Al and Irma decided what costume to wear, you will never know. First, there was Al, who said... Jane, you know, think I'll go as Jesse James. Nothing doing, Al. You've got to wear a costume. <laughs> right, Jane. And then there was Irma who kept saying, Gee, I don't know what to wear. So I said, Irma, why don't you wear that green costume you wore last year? You know, when you went as a tree? And Irma said, No, someone's liable to come as George Washington and chop me down. <laughs> well, that was all 
my patience could take, so I said, Irma, you'll just have to make your own decisions. And Irma said... Oh, I know what. I'll wear that kitty outfit that I wore on Halloween last year, huh? So the kitty costume was agreed upon, and I must say, Irma looks adorable with her two blonde braids tied in pink ribbons. If it wasn't for her figure, she could pass for six. Yes, a little schoolgirl to perfection, and I'm sure with those legs, none of the boys would ever play hooky. As for Al, Al has found the most ingenious disguise I have ever seen. He has cut a square hole in the front of his shirt so his tattoo will show, and he's coming as a television set. <laughs> oh, Mother, this is going to be a night to remember. Al. Yeah, Jane? Now, it was very nice of Richard to buy these tickets for us, and all of us must be on our very best behavior. Now, there'll be a number of rich people there, and I'd appreciate it very much if you would not try to sell them any of your real estate lots. Why not? Well, you see, most of them have their yachts floating right over your property. <laughs> well, what about oil wells? No, Al. Why is it everything you deal in either has water over it or under it? Look, Jane, don't worry. This is for the orphans. And I give you my word, you'll be proud of me. Oh, that's good enough for me. Come in. Hello, gang. Say, Jane, you look terrific. Oh, thanks, Richard. And Irma. Well, you're so cute, I feel like putting you on my lap and telling you a bedtime story. Gee, kids have all the fun. <laughs> well, Richard, tell me, does it look as if your mother will reach that $50,000 quota? Frankly, no, Jane. It looks pretty bad. What with the flu and the weather, we'll be lucky to reach 40000 and Mother feels so badly about it. I suppose that Mrs. Van Clive will never stop gloating. Well, you know, she's like that. In Mother's words, Mrs. Van Clive is an old... Uh, 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 uh. Watch your language. There's a little girl here. <laughs> Sorry, little girl. Well, Richard, isn't there any way we could raise more money at the party? Once we charge $100 admission, I don't know what else we can do. Maybe we'll think of something at the house. Where's the rest of the gang? Oh, the professor and Mrs. O'Reilly are putting on their costumes. Why don't you and Jane run along? We'll meet you. I'd like that. Mother's so depressed, I'd like to be with her. Come on, Jane. Okay. See you later, kid. Why do you look so sad, Al? Burns me up, chicken. For an affair to help orphans, they can't get up enough dough. And on top of that, a swell gal like Mrs. Ryan is going to be ridiculed by that Van Clive day. Well, Al, what can we do about it? Got to see that the dough is raised. And there's only one man who can help us. Oh, well. Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> ah, got a problem. Gonna mingle with the rich tonight. How do I get money from them? What? No, Joe, it's gotta be with their permission. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is for charity. Orphans. Well, you don't say, Joe. You were an orphan yourself, huh? Well, what happened to your parents? Oh, an accident. They died while listening to chamber music? <laughs> oh, gas chamber music. <laughs> well, Joe, then you know what it means to help these kids. Yeah, how do I get them to shell out? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Great idea, Joe. Thanks a million. Goodbye, noble friend. Chicken, for once, Joe has come through. Come in. Hello, little girl. Is your mother... Oh, it's Irma. <laughs> You look like a little doll. Oh, thank you. Do you think I can pass for six? Sure, just be yourself. <laughs> How do you like my costume, Al? Well, what are you supposed to be? Can't you guess? I know, a rag picker. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Professor, where'd you get all that miserable, dirty old rags? Well, yesterday, Mrs. O'Reilly gave me new drapes for my window. Oh. <laughs> I see. <laughs> You're wearing the old drapes. No, I'll the new drapes. <laughs> Riley? Oh, don't, don't mention her. She's furious at you. Oh, oh, there she is now. Come in, Miss O'Reilly. Hello, everybody. Hey, Miss O'Reilly, what a swell get-up. With that broom and that hair over your eyes, you're a perfect witch. Thank you, Al. And as for you, Professor Kropotkin... No, no, take it easy, Mrs. O'Reilly. What's wrong? He insulted me. That's what he did. Well, what did he say? I didn't say anything. Oh, no. I spend hours getting this witch's costume on. And then when he sees me, he says, It's getting late. Why don't you put on a costume? <laughs> Look, got no time for personal grudges. Mrs. Reinhardt is in trouble, and we got to come to the rescue. She hasn't raised enough money. No, 10 G short of what Mrs. Van Clive did last year. Oh, glory be in all those poor orphans in such need. What can we do to help, Al? Got just the idea that we'll put this party across. Where do you find the biggest crowds spending money? At Coney Island. Right. Now, here's what we do. We go to Mrs. Oh, there you are, Mrs. Rhinelander. Charming ball. Thank you, Mrs. Van Clive. Are you having fun? Yes. <laughs> Wonderful idea of yours to have this intimate gathering instead of that tremendous turnout I had at my charity ball last year. Really? Yes. <laughs> of course, you won't make nearly enough to take care of the poor little children. But perhaps next year the committee will realize their mistake and put me in charge of the ball again. You're so nice. Well, I'll try to amuse myself. Uh, where could I get a Manhattan? I'm so thirsty. Right over there at the bar. And you won't need any bitters in your Manhattan. Just smile at it. <laughs> oh, you're so clever, Mrs. Rhineland. Well, you'll probably think of something amusing to tell the kiddies when they're told they have to sleep eight in a bed because you couldn't raise the money. <laughs> Hello, Mother. Oh, Richard. And Jane, you look lovely, dear. Thank you. What's the matter, Mother? You're shaking. Oh, I've just had a word with Mrs. Van Clive, my well-wisher. Oh, Richard, perhaps I've been a fool. Maybe I shouldn't have undertaken the responsibility of the ball. Well, Mother, you did your best. Jane, do you mind if I have this dance with my mother? I think it would be wonderful, Richard. Come on, Mother. Get your mind off, Mrs. Van Clive. This should be a nice waltz coming up. Oh, I'd give anything to put this party across. Uh, hey, the program says a waltz, but they're playing a conga. They're forming a conga line. They're all following the leader. The leader? That's Al. Oh. <laughs> Where is he taking them? My goodness, he's breaking up my party. Mrs. Rhinelander, I don't know how to apologize. Oh, he's taking them all into the library. What's he up to? I'm afraid to look. But I had to look. And I still can't believe my eyes. In front of me is Coney Island. Yes, Al, Irma, the professor, and Mrs. O'Reilly have turned the library into a miniature midway. Al is working the shell game. Now, I know the man. <laughs> I know the man who's trying to guess under what shell the pea is. 
Last year, this man was in who's who. Ten more minutes with Al in the shell game, and this man will be listed in the 50 neediest cases. <laughs> Al is speaking. That will be $10 more you have lost to me, friend. And I sort of resent your remark that this seems like a dishonest game. Let's try something else. Take a cop. There, that's fine. Let me see. Oh, a king. Now, only an ace can beat that. I shall draw. How do you like that? It's an ace. <laughs> I just can't understand it. I, I never seem to win. Oh, Al. Yeah, chicken. You better sweep up. A lot of aces are falling out of your coat. <laughs> what? Hold it, chicken. Mister, this young lady is just joking. She she knows I run an honest game, don't I? Miss. Well, Al, I thought you were just going to be the barber here. The barber? Yes, he told me he's going to clip everyone who came near him. <laughs> Come on, chicken. Yeah. Where are you dragging me? The gentleman may misunderstand. And I want to give this dough to Mrs. Rhinelander. Well, look, it's a professor. Hello, professor. Ken Pocknarima. Here comes another customer. Uh, pardon me. Do you tell fortune? Oh, certainly. Your name, madam? Uh, Mrs. Van Clive. Aha. Uh -huh, I see. <laughs> Let me see your palm, please. Oh, I see a sparkling future. Happiness, gaiety, laughter. <laughs> and then you get hit by a truck. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You are swinging between life and death. Only one doctor can save you. What's his name? A professional secret. Cost you $50 to find out. <laughs> well, here's the $50. What's his name? Uh, who do you go to now? Dr. Jones. He's a good man. Keep going to him. Next question. <laughs> not enough. Over in the right-hand corner are two booths. One is marked lemonade, one dollar. The other kisses, five dollars apiece. But they're not doing any business. Oh, no wonder. Al has made a mistake. He's got Irma selling lemonade and Mrs. O'Reilly selling kisses. <laughs> well, I'm getting out of here so fast, the super chief will look like it's backing up. Jane, 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 where are you going? Oh, Richard, I'm so mortified. I want to get out of here before your mother throws us all out. Throws you out? Why, Jane, mother's in heaven. Al and his friends have already turned in enough money to more than pass our quota, and the guests are having so much fun they insist mother hold the ball next year. You mean that, Richard? Sure, Jane. Come on, let's congratulate Al. Oh, Al? Yeah? Al, on behalf of my mother... You don't have to say anything. We're doing it for a swell lady and a bunch of wonderful kids. Oh, Al, Al. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> still bothers me. Irma, what were you doing in the lemonade booth? Weren't you supposed to sell kisses? Yes, but Al said to get over there in that booth and pucker up, and lemons make me pucker. <laughs> well, lemons or grapefruit, what can I say except that there's never been a sweeter kid than my friend Irma. <laughs> by Cy Howard. Mark Levy writes the script with Stanley Adams and Roland McLean, and it's brought to you by Pepsin and Toothpaste with Irium, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company. Marie Wilson is starred as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. The part of Al was played by John Brown. Hans Conried was heard as Professor Kropotkin and Gloria Gordon as Mrs. O'Reilly. Music was under the direction of Lud Gluskin.
The Community Chess Campaign is your opportunity to make one contribution to all your local agencies for health, welfare, and recreation. Nearly half the families in your community will benefit through Red Feather Aid. Support the Community Chest. Everybody benefits, everybody gives. This is Wendell Niles reminding you to tune in one hour earlier next week and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, followed by the Petsonin Show, My Friend Irma. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Always fun, always uh, a lot to uh, laugh at. October 11th, 1948. That's my friend Irma. You like that, Lisa? I love it. Yeah, Marie Wilson, she was amazing. Joan Banks there as uh, Jane, her uh, roommate. I hope you enjoyed that CBS broadcast. Time now for Sarah Knight Adamson and her backstage pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Tonight, I'm going to review the film called The Holdovers. It's rated R. It's the story of an eccentric boarding school teacher played by Paul Giamatti, who works at an elite school. During the holiday break, he forms a parental bond with a troubled student. At times, it's more of a comedy than drama. Giamatti's dry sense of humor rings loud and clear. Every year at Barton Academy, students, faculty, and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break. But there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go for the holidays. They're known as the holdovers. Mr. Hunnam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be a student, right? Yeah, that's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain on us. The director is Alexander Payne, who had the original idea. He hired David Hemming's son to write the screenplay. Be babysitting you? No, I was praying your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a flying saucer. My father's to take dead. You don't tell a boy that's been left behind at Christmas that nobody wants him? What's wrong with you? There's nobody here, okay? You stay out of my way and I'll stay out of yours. The bottom line oh, I'm way in. Four stars out of four. I screened this true to life story at the Telluride Film Festival this summer. Alexander Payne introduced the film and praised his star, Paul Giamatti. Although, a new star is born in Dominic Sessa, who plays the troubled teen. Divine Joy Randolph, as the school's cook, gives a heart-wrenching performance. Together, they create a wonderful holiday movie. Thanks for listening in. I'm Sarah Knight Adamson, your film and TV critic for Sarah's Backstage Pass. I'll see you next week. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Mike Bubblebath, you're the best with the bumpers, I'll tell you that. The best. The best. I love your bumpers. Thank you. (laughs) In our next hour, Jackson Beck stars as sophisticated sleuth Philo Vance detective from 1949. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. And I think last week was S, so that means this week is T. You are correct. And, um, you know, she's not here right now because, you know, she's using one of her favorite products, uh, X-Lax, right, Mike? I guess. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, but she'll be back in time for the next hour, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. So stick around.
Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.